You're listening to You Asked For It, a sermon series based on questions submitted by you. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. Hey, if you don't know me, my name is Robert Andrews. I'm one of the pastors here at Elevate Church, and I am so glad that you are here. We're in a series, uh, we're in the middle of a series titled You Asked For It, where we are uh, really just answering a lot of questions, because how many of you would just be honest and say, in life, you have, you have some questions, you know? Could be questions about the birds and the bees, the flowers and the trees, but we all have questions, and we really are blessed to live in the time and day in which we live uh, nowadays. So how many of y'all have, have a phone? How many of you got a phone? You got a phone out there? Yeah, some of y'all ain't raising your hand. You're lying. It's way too early to be lying up in church. Uh, but what about this? How many of y'all, I mean, how many of y'all have a, an iPhone? An iPhone? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I got an iPhone uh, 6 Plus, and uh, it's a nice phone. It's not the iPhone 7. How many of y'all got the iPhone 7? Bunch of jerks. Anyway, uh, so I got this iPhone 6 Plus, and and uh, the way that I got this phone was actually one of my friends had had a phone, uh, had a six, uh, 6 Plus, and it was broken. And so he said, hey, would you like to have a broken uh, iPhone? And I said, well, absolutely. You know, uh, I don't know how to use half the stuff on the phone anyway, so I'll take it. And so I got this iPhone 6 Plus, and after a little while, uh, Apple had a recall on the 6 Plus because they had a damaged camera, some kind of faulty camera or something like that. And so apparently the phone that I had uh, came from that production batch or whatever. So uh, I go up to the Apple store and they're going to work on the camera supposedly. And so while I'm there, I'm like, well, hey, you know, there's some other stuff that's wrong with the phone. It's broken. And so they say, well, man, that's going to take way too long. We'll just go ahead and give you a brand new phone. And I was like, praise God, God is good, right? So uh, somebody gave me a broken phone and then I got a good phone, a new phone. So anyway, but it's a six plus. And uh, if you got an iPhone out there, how many of y'all know that like there's a lady that lives inside of your phone? Did you know that? Some of y'all are like, I don't even believe that. That's for real. Her name is Siri, okay? And, and Siri is there uh, to, to help us. I mean, she's always listening. She's listening to me talk to you guys right now. And you're like, I don't even believe that. But watch this. I'm going to prove it to you. Hey, Siri, are you listening? What? So she is listening. Watch this. Hey, Siri, are you listening to me? Oops. Hey, Siri, are you listening to me? Yes. Boom. I told you. This lady's always listening. And she's listening. Do you know why? She's listening because she wants to help you out in life. You know what I mean? You can ask Siri all sorts of questions. How many of y'all have ever asked her questions? Questions you just really want to know the answer to. Important questions, right? Questions like this. Hey, Siri, how do I look today? Did y'all hear that? She just said, I look marvelous today. You say, that's not an important question. Yes, it is. If your wife ever asked you how she looks, is that an important question? If you say no, you tell me how that works out next week after your jaw has swollen and, you know, come down and all that. But I mean, it's a very important question. You can ask, you can ask Siri questions. You can ask Siri questions about math. How many of y'all have trouble with math? Like, right, watch this. Hey, Siri, what's zero divided by zero? Imagine that you have zero cookies and you split them evenly among zero friends. How many cookies does each person get? See, it doesn't make sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that there are no cookies. And you are sad that you have no friends. You can ask this lady anything. You can ask this lady. And what about, the, like, a great, another question. I know that all of y'all have, have had the, the, this question at one time. Uh, you know, like, hey, watch this. 
Hey, Siri, why are fire trucks red? Y'all ever had that question? Hmm, let me think. All right, I'm going to read this to you. Here's what she says. Because they have eight wheels and four people on them, and four plus eight is 12, and there are 12 inches in a foot, and one foot in a ruler, and Queen Elizabeth was a ruler, and Queen Elizabeth was also a ship, and the ship sailed the seas, and the seas are fish, and the fish have fins, and the fins fought the Russians, and the Russians are red, and fire trucks are always rushing around. True. Like, for real. She is there to answer any questions that you might have about life. And so here's, here's the deal. In this, in this series, what we've been doing is giving you guys an opportunity to submit questions that you might have, topics that you'd like to hear a message on. And our goal is really to take your topics, take your questions, and answer them in a biblical way. Uh, because far more important than what the way that I would answer your question or the way that some of your friends may answer your question or the way that Siri may answer some of your questions is you and I need to take our questions to God. Amen? You and I need to take our questions to God and see what he says in his words, because it's what he says that matters most. And so if you've got a question or topic, we want to encourage you to continue to submit that. You can do so by filling out one of our information cards and dropping it in one of our uh, offering drop boxes. All you got to do is on the back, write topic or question and then drop it in there. We'll make sure that it gets to where it needs to go. But the question that we're going to look at today is a, a very important question. It's a very important question, but it's a tough question. So do I have permission to preach a tough message today? All right. All right. Y'all, that didn't seem convincing. Do I have permission today to preach a, touch, a tough message? Okay. All right. So here's the deal. Uh, don't get mad at me for what I say. You gave me permission to preach this message. And this is really a question that several people have submitted uh, throughout this throughout this uh, time that we've been taking questions. And so uh, I'm really just going to tell you some things that are in God's authoritative words. So if you really get mad, just get mad at him. Take it up with him. Don't take it up with me. Uh, and so the question that we're going to look at today is this. What's the best way to raise my kids? What's the best way to raise my kids. Now, there are some people who might think that that's not a very important question, but I want you to see something that the Bible says about children. The Bible says in Psalm 127, verse 3, it says that children are a gift from the Lord. Children are a gift from the Lord. Everybody say gift. They are a gift from the Lord. But the world in which we live we would have to be honest and say that a lot of people don't do a very good job taking care of gifts that they receive, right? I mean, do y'all know anybody who really has ever just abused a gift maybe that they've been given? Uh, I remember, uh, y'all might not, I mean, you probably know this about me, but I'm a Ford guy. Anybody know that? I'm a Ford guy. Uh, I like my favorite, you know, favorite, I like Mustangs. I like Ford F-150s. And I know that there are some Chevy people out there who like Camaros and stuff. And so bless your heart. Uh, if that's you, uh, don't ever get too close to an elephant because they will eat you, okay? You're nuts. Uh, Ford, Ford and Mustang, man. That's it. And so my favorite, my favorite car, my dream car is a 1993 Ford Mustang Cobra. We're going to show you all a picture in case somebody just wants to surprise me next year on my birthday. Uh, you know, I just want you to see it. This is the last year of the Fox Body Mustang and uh, really the first year of the annual Cobra. And so, man, that is my dream car, my dream car. And so I remember in high school that somebody I knew on their 16th birthday, their father bought them 
a, a 93 Ford Mustang Cobra, and uh, I was, I was kind of jealous. I was kind of jealous because on my 16th birthday, they got a 1993 Ford Mustang Cobra, and I got a watch. Um, and so thanks, Mom. I mean, I still have that watch. Uh, she's here today, uh, but I do still have that watch. But uh, he got this 1993 Ford Mustang Cobra, and he hated it. Literally, you know what? What he 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 wrecked that Mustang, and I believe he did it on purpose because he wanted a truck that was on a lift kit. That's what he wanted. And so I remember after he wrecked this uh, this Ford Mustang Cobra, man, I remember that I would drive by his house, and that wrecked 1993 Ford Mustang Cobra was just sitting under a tree in their backyard with a blue tarp over it, basically rotting away, rotting away. And I was just so, so upset about that. It was a wasted gift is really what I thought. Well, the truth of the matter is, Many parents do the same type thing when it comes to their children. They wreck their children by the way they raise them, and then they put them out. They put them out to rot as their children chase worldly desires and their own fleshly desires. And so that's not how you treat a gift. That's not how you treat a gift from God. As parents, we've been entrusted with precious gifts from God. And even if you're not a parent. You need to know that the children you interact with, they are precious gifts. They are precious. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 14. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Do you see that? Children are knit together by God in the mother's womb. Each child is a custom Order. And then verse 14 says, I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know this very well. Well, children are remarkable, children are wonderful, and as parents, as adults, we're going to be judged for the way that we raise them. We really are. And so the question, how, how should I raise my children? What's the best way to raise my kids? It's a very important question. And like I said, it's a question that several people submitted questions in regards to. And so I want to give you three things this morning, three things that I really believe are going to help us be effective parents, three things that will help us effectively raise children in the world in which we live. If you're taking notes, you want to write them down. The very first thing that I want you to understand is that parents need to make sure children know they are loved. Parents need to make sure that children know that they are loved. And let me stop and kind of clarify something for you real quick. I I did not say that we need to make sure our children are spoiled. We don't need to do that. Uh, How many of you know some kids who are just spoiled rotten, that they kind of run things at their house. You know what I mean? They can do no wrong. Uh, True story. I remember when Brianna Grace was probably four years old, uh, she liked to go to Chick-fil-A. This is before we had a Chick-fil-A here. But anyway, so we were at Chick-fil-A and the Chick-fil-A that we were at, they had an outside play play. So we were in Jackson. And so we're out there on the playground. She is playing and there's this other little boy there uh, as they're playing on the playground. Her mom, his mom is watching. And so we're at the playground and uh, I hear Brianna Grace start to cry. And so I go over to Brianna Grace to see what's going on. And Brianna Grace tells me uh, this boy threw a rock at her. And so I'm looking at Brianna Grace and she's crying. And then I look over at this boy and he's just standing there smiling at me. Like, you know, he knew he did it. 
And so I'm looking at the mother, and the mother of this child sees Brianna Grace crying. She heard what Brianna Grace said. She sees her son smiling, and in my mind, I'm going, she ain't going to say nothing? And so I said, okay, I'll say something. And so I said, I kind of got down, you know, I was like, hey, man, uh, trying to be nice. Hey, it's not nice to throw rocks. Let's not do that again. And again, this boy, who was probably the same age as Brianna, maybe just a little bit older, he looked at me, and he said, you can't tell me what to do. I thought, oh, no, he didn't. I'm taking my ear... I mean, you know what I'm saying? No, he did not just say that. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I look over at this kid's mom, and I don't know what her deal was. She's just looking at the whole situation smiling. You know what I mean? Like her child didn't do no wrong. She heard me tell this boy, hey, let's not do that again. And I wasn't being ugly. I wasn't being mean. And she just didn't say anything to the way that he responded to me. Robert, what'd you do? Man, I drop kicked that kid, went over to the mom, and I drop kicked her too. I didn't really drop kick her. I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? I, you, know, you know, you shouldn't do that. But I mean, crazy, man. It's really crazy that that some people just don't discipline their children. They think that discipline isn't going to convey, convey to my child that I love them. They think that their child will hate them if they discipline their child. But that's not what the Bible says. It's not. I want you to see this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24. Again, this is just God's word. God's word. This is the Bible. And here's what it says. This is God's word. In in Proverbs 13, 24, he says, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. What? Those who spare the rod of discipline, they don't love their kid. What? They hate their children child. Again, this is, this is the word of God. Then it goes on to say, those who love their children care enough to discipline them. You, you want your child to know that they are loved? Discipline them. Discipline them. And I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not telling you to, to beat your child because any parent who beats their child and is abusive to their child and wants to take out all their frustrations in this world on their child, they need to be dealt with severely. They really do. It's not okay to abuse a child. It is not. But I am saying that if you really love your child, you'll discipline them. And while we're talking about the issue of discipline, let me go on and just say that if you're doing more yelling in your house than you are laughing, there's a problem. If you're doing more yelling in your house than you are laughing, there is something wrong. I love to laugh with my kids. I love to see my children smile. I love to hear them laugh. There's an old saying that I'm sure you've heard before that says, laughter is good medicine for the soul. Anybody ever heard that? That is a biblical proverb. That's what that is. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Parents should laugh with their kids, but, but don't get what I'm saying twisted. Listen to me. I want my children to enjoy spending time with me. I want my children to enjoy spending time with Amanda. I want them to laugh, but I'm not my kids' friends. I'm not. I am not my child's friends. I want them to laugh. I want to be friendly to them, but I am not their friend. What, pastor? You heard that right. I am not their 
friend. See, see, I've had friends. How many of y'all got friends? You know what I mean? How many of y'all got childhood friends you're still friends with? I have some childhood friends that I am still friends with, and I never once in my life had a childhood friend discipline me. I didn't. Like one of my childhood friends, you know what I mean? If I had done something wrong, like forgot to take the trash out, and my friend came up to me and said, you're going to have to think about what you did. You go to your room. I'd have looked at my friend like they were crazy. Who are you? Who are you to tell me this? If I'd have done something wrong, like not studied for a test and failed a test, and my friend came up to me and said, you know what? Until you can pull your grades back up, you are grounded. I'd have looked at them like they are crazy because friends cannot discipline friends. And parents, that means that you need to be friendly to your child, but you cannot be your child's friend. You are the parent and the buck stops with you. It does. Again, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. That's what the Bible says. And children need to know that they're loved. Pastor, is it really that important that a child knows that they are loved? Yes. Because one of the greatest needs that each and every one of us have in this world is, is to know that we are loved. I want my kids to know that I love them. I want my kids to know that Amanda loves them. I want them to know that they are loved at home because, and listen to me, I want them to know that they're loved at home because I don't want them going out in this world and looking for love in all the wrong places. I don't want, I don't want my kids to even have to go look for love. I want them to already know that they are loved. I want them to know that they are loved. And, and so I don't know what that looks like for you and your child. Some kids like to be hugged. Some kids don't. Some kids just appreciate a silly picture. I'll draw crazy pictures for Sadie Kate and all them. And so they just appreciate that. They just want to know that they are loved. Each child is different. And so they're a custom job, which means that you're going to need to do your best to understand and discover what works the best for them, but help them know they're loved, not spoiled, loved, loved by you and loved by God. If you really want to be an effective parent. The second thing that I want you to see this morning, and again, I'm just preaching God's word to you, is this. If you really want to be an effective parent, you need to make sure that your child knows how to serve. You need to make sure that your child knows how to serve. Now, in our society, we have several different generations that are represented, uh, several different generations of people. Uh, sometimes people who were born between 1940 and 1970, what are they referred to as? Anybody know? baby boomers, right? Baby boomers. And sometimes society refers to baby boomers as the me generation, the me generation. Then you have millennials who were born in the 1980s and they really are born uh, 1980s to the 2000s. And you know what they're traditionally referred to as? They're referred to as the me, me, me generation. That's really, that's really what they're referred to as. See, we're living in a day and time 
where most people are only concerned with themselves. I read that this past week that in the 1950s, most homes only had just a few pictures in them. A few pictures, maybe a wedding picture, maybe a school picture, and maybe a picture of somebody who was in the military or something like that. But today, the average middle-class American family has 85 pictures of themselves and their pets scattered throughout their homes. We record our daily steps. We post pictures of ourselves on Facebook. We like pictures of ourselves. We want people to respond to our statuses. You know what I'm saying? We, we want people to look at us. We have made life all about ourselves. And I don't know if you remember this, but in 2001, something very interesting happened. In 2001, something very interesting happened to the country music industry. In 2001, and I don't like country music, but in 2001, Toby Keith released a song that I'm sure some of y'all have heard before. He says, we talk about your work and we talk about you. You know, <laughs> y'all ever heard that song? You know what I'm saying? We talk about your brother and all these troubles you've been having, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? He says... We talk, I want to talk about me, though, is what he says. I want to talk about I. I want to talk about number one. Oh, my, me, my. What I think, what I like, what I want, what I see. I like talking about you, 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 usually. But occasionally, I want to talk about me, 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 me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody heard that song before? That is like the theme song to our life. Because most people only want to talk about themselves. Most people only think about themselves, but that is not how the Bible tells you and I to live our life. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, here's what God's Word says. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Most kids don't think like that. Most kids don't think about serving others. Most kids want to be served. Seriously, if you ask a lot of kids to do something, how do they respond? Usually, here's what they say. How much are you going to pay me? What's in it for me? Come on, you ever ask a kid to do something and they say something like, what's in it for you? I look at my kid, what's in it for you? You got a roof over your head, clothes on your back, water running in there. You got a toilet and air conditioning and heat. What's in it for you? A place to stay. You know what I mean? Get over there and do what I asked you to do. Seriously. Kids nowadays don't know much about serving others. Yes, some schools make you get community service hours. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got to get community service hours. But did you know a lot of the kids that get all those community service hours don't really work the hours that they've signed up to get? You know what I mean? Here's what happens is they go to a friend, they go to somebody and they're like, hey, can you sign this for me and just say that I worked? It happens. I don't have time to serve. Can you just say that I did? I don't have time to do it. Just, just say that, that I did it. We've got to make sure, though, that our kids know how to serve. And so parents, what that means, adults, what that means is that we've got to set the example for them about what serving looks like. And do you know a great way for you to, uh, you know, do an example, be an example of what serving looks like to your child? You know what a great way is? Serve in church. Serve in church. Serve in church. Get plugged into serving. It's important. Philippians chapter 2 goes on to say this in verses 5 through 7. The Bible says, In your relationships with one another, had the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. 
Serving is an opportunity for you and I to remind our kids that Jesus was a servant. Serving is an opportunity for you and I to teach our kids that life is not about us. Look for ways to serve in the church. Look for ways to serve in the community. Look for ways to serve each other and make serving fun. Because parents, adults, the way that you approach serving is going, to a, is going to greatly influence the way that your kids approach serving. It really is. So are we raising kids who are reflecting the life and call of Christ? Or are we raising kids that think everything is about them? In John chapter 13, Jesus, the Son of God, God in the flesh. In verse 15, I want you to see what he does. He washes the feet of the disciples. And look at what he says to them after he has done that. In John 13, 15, he says, I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. I'm telling you, successful parenting means that you teach your children what it looks like to serve. So set the example for your kids. Tell your kids, look, as I'm doing, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to do. Set the examples. Kids need to know how to serve. So we need to make sure that kids uh, know that they are loved. We need to make sure that kids know how to serve. And the last thing, if you want to write it down, there's a lot of things that you can do with a parent, but these are, as a, as a parent for your children, but these are just three things that I want to point out today. The third thing that you and I uh, can do is this. We need to make sure that kids know how to put God first. We need to make sure that kids know how to put God first. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, God gives some very interesting instructions to the nation of Israel. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, God gives some very interesting instructions to his people. And I want you to see what he says, starting in verse 4. The Bible says this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So God says these commands that I'm giving you, impress them on your children. But what did he say? What did he say right before that. He said, you need to make sure that these commands are on your heart. See, before you can impress God's commands on your children and the children around you, you need to make sure that God's commands are on your own heart. Children are going to learn far more from us by the way we live than what we say. They are. They are watching us And the greatest leadership principle that I have ever seen in my life is monkey see, monkey do. See, most parents can't expect their child to put God first because they themselves are not putting God first. Listen to me. How many of you are a parent? How many of you have influence over a child somehow? Maybe you teach a class or something like that. Everybody really does. So how many of us in this room, just be honest, how many of us today would say, that we want all the children that we know, that we want them to seek God's will and put God first. Does everybody in this room, is that how you feel? Would you really, you know, really kind of like for that to happen? I think we all do. 
Well, if we truly want to see kids put God first, they need to see us putting God first. But all too often, we don't. We don't. We don't put God first with our finances. We don't show our kids how important it is to give back to God what belongs to him. We don't show our kids how important it is to give to a God who has given us everything. We don't put God first with our time. We aren't committed to God's family. We aren't committed to the things of God. It's crazy that when it's deer season, don't get mad at me, because I love to hunt. It's crazy when it's deer season that some men disappear from their families and the church. They do. They just disappear. What's more important, killing a deer or spending time with God? Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Here's what David said in Psalm 122, verse 1. He said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I think they're going to put that screen, that, big, that, that the scripture up on the screen for you. But he says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He doesn't say, I was glad when they said unto me, let me go and kill a deer. He said, I was glad when they said, let me go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because Psalm 84.10 says, a single day in your courts, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Do you notice that exclamation point right there? A single day in the house of God is better than a thousand days elsewhere. It's better than a thousand days at the lake, or better than a thousand days in the woods. It's better than a thousand days anywhere else. Well, pastor, my wife's going to take the kids to church while I go. No, that is not your wife's responsibility. You listen to me, man. You men are supposed to be the spiritual leader of that house. Ephesians chapter six, verse four. I want you to write this down. If you're a man, you need to see this. Ephesians chapter six, verse four. The Bible says this, fathers, don't stir up anger in your children. All right, so let's remove that because this is all the same sentence. Fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Who? Who's supposed to do that? Fathers. Fathers are supposed to bring them up in training and instruction of the Lord. That means that men need to be reading their Bible. That means that men need to be reading their Bible with their children. That means that men need to be praying, and men need to be praying with their children. That means that men need to rise up and be the men of God that they are called to be. Men need to take responsibility for the training and instruction of, their, of the Lord in the life of their children. Raising a child is not a mother's responsibility. It's not just her responsibility. Men, again, need to step up and put God first. They need to put God before work. They need to put God before sports, put God before fishing, put God before the boat. They need to put God first. Man, one time, one time somebody came up to Jesus and they said, Jesus, what's the most important commandment? And you know what Jesus said? He looked at him in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. And here's what he said. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
Now leave it there. What does it say? Love who? Come on, help me out. Y'all still with me, right? Love God. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. The Lord. Now here's where I'm probably going to make somebody mad. But many people who call themselves Christians, many people who call themselves followers of Christ, they don't love God that way. They don't love God with all their strength, with all their soul, with all their might. They don't love God that way. They love their kids that way. They love their kids that way, but not God. But Robert, the very first thing you said is that we need to make sure our kids know that they are loved. Yes. Yes, we need to make sure our kids know that they are loved. But our kids never need to think that we love them more than we love God. That's idolatry. That's what that is. Look, I love my kids. I love my kids. I, I love to snuggle with Sadie and Kate. I love to make Brianna Grace laugh. I love my kids, but my kids are not God's. Your kids are not God's. You know what Jesus said one time when there was a crowd of people who were gathering around him, trying to really see what he was all about? In Luke chapter 9, verse 23, you got to see this. He looks at the crowd and he says to them, whoever wants to be my disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Follow who? Jesus. Follow Christ. Follow Christ. Does it say follow our kids? No. Follow Christ. But our world is so messed up. We're so messed up. We're. I'm, I'm a parent too. We're so messed up. Instead of denying ourselves and following Christ, you know what we often do? We deny ourselves and follow who? Our kids. That's what we do. We follow them to football. We follow them to baseball. We follow them to dance practice. We follow them to band practice. We follow them to play practice. We follow them to all these other sports and activities. We spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on all these things, and we want our kids to pursue these things and follow these things, and we follow our kids around. What would happen if we put that kind of effort into following God? What would happen if we put that kind of effort into putting God first? What would happen? See, there are some verses in the Bible that scare me to death. And I'm wrapping up. I'm almost done. Y'all don't hate me. There are some verses that really do just scare me to death. And one time, Jesus is with a crowd of people. He's with his disciples. And there's talking and all this stuff. So Jesus wants to illustrate something very important. He wants to communicate something very important to the people around him. And so he calls in a child. And he puts this child right in the middle of this adult conversation. Puts this child right here in front of everybody. And I want you to see what he says in Matthew chapter 18, verses 5 through 6. These are Jesus' words. And he says, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. And that sounds great. But here's where it gets scary. Watch this. Jesus says, if anyone, 
causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble. If anybody causes a child to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. You see what Jesus said there? That's like mafia stuff. That's serious. A stone tied around your neck and drowned in the depths of the sea. That's serious. Well, I wonder, I wonder if sometimes, because of the way that we're raising our children now, I wonder if we're causing them to stumble later in life. I wonder if, because of the way we raise our kids now, if we might be leading them to commit future sins. I wonder if because we let them be disrespectful now, what sin is that going to lead them to commit in the future? Because of right now, because we excuse a lot of their behavior on them just being kids, I wonder what type of sin that's going to lead them to commit in the future. Because right now, we encourage them to put so many other things before God. I wonder what that's going to lead them to put before God later on in life. I wonder if because we don't put God first in our own life right now, what that's going to encourage them to put before God later on in life. What sins are we leading them to commit in the future? Because Jesus says, it's not good for the one who causes a child to stumble. As parents, we've got to do better. As adults, we've got to do better. Because children are a gift from God, a precious gift, a precious gift. And so we need to take better care of them. Now, please understand, the goal of parenting is not to raise perfect kids. It's not. The goal of parenting is to raise kids who love Jesus and love others. That's the goal. Love Jesus and love others. And the way that you and I really teach our kids to love Jesus is by loving Jesus ourselves. So how should I raise my kids? Make sure they know they're loved. Make sure they know how to serve. And make sure they know how to put God first. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. But I do wonder today if there's somebody here, if there's somebody here who would just say, hey, you know what? I've not been putting God first. I haven't been living for God. I mean, I come to church every now and then. I'm a pretty good person, but I've not, been, I've not been living for Jesus. And I need to repent of that. I need to be saved today. I need to surrender to him. That's the only way you're going to be able to be the example, not only to kids, but to everyone around you, is if you're actually surrendered to Jesus. And so if you're here today and you know you need to be saved, I'm going to ask that right where you are that you raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Amen need to be saved. If that's you, I'm just going to ask that you pray with me. Just repeat after me.
Father, forgive me for all of my sins. Forgive me for not putting you first. I accept what you did on Calvary's cross for me. And today I confess you as Lord. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that when I walk out of this place, other people will know that I am yours. Other people will know that I'm yours because I am confessing you with the way I live my life. Thank you for saving me. Father, I also want to pray for each and every one of the the parents in this room, all, all the adults, people who have influence over a child. Father, I pray that as children look to us, as children look to us adults, that they would truly see, that they would truly see individuals who are fully surrendered to you. Father, that they would see people who love you with all of their heart, with all of their might, with all of their soul, with all of their strength, that they would see people who are willing to serve others, that they would see people again who are willing to do whatever it is that you have asked them to do because, God, it's not about us. It's about others. Father, Father, I pray that you would help us to, to follow the example that you set. Help us, Father, to do a better job with the precious gifts that you've not only given us, but that you've given this world. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.